0: Good morning and good evening EPL State of Mind listeners. You got the trio back on the mic this week. I have returned from a bit of a weekend away celebrating one of my best friend Chase Caruso's engagement. So it was a batch party weekend in Key West this week. But I am returning emotionally drained, physically drained, and sleep deprived with a little less tears in my head to, to cry. So, But everyone else here is looking good. Sean, it's Monday for you. You must be pretty stoked. Not only because you had a great Mother's Day, because you are a mother of two, but uh, (laughs) probably because you were (laughs) relaxing with family, I hope. And with Liverpool's victory today, uh, I don't see any other reason. So I hope you guys are doing well as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime anytime Liverpool's got three points on the board, I'm happy. Yeah, and you guys are in quite the form, but uh, I don't want to do any spoilers quite yet. We'll get to that in in segment number two. But as always, we're going to open up with some hot news. I know one of the biggest news that I'm not going to like, and I'll let you guys kind of take up take that when we get to it. But right off the start, we do have some exciting ones for a London team, and that's Chelsea. They have finally created a new appointment of Mauricio Pochettino as their head coach. Now he has been in the league before. We I think we're all very familiar with him. We all know him from Southampton. I'm sorry, yeah, Southampton, but mainly for his time at Spurs and what he did there. Uh, but he is returning to the soccer scene or the football scene after his season with psg in league One, so that was following his stint there in 2022 um so i know this is an exciting move for chelsea he was one of their top contenders or one of the possible applicants that they would have liked to see come in so i think this is a great positive move for chelsea but i'll ask you guys one thing bringing him in now opposed to trying to get deal going sooner and not use frank lampard as the caretaker for the rest of the season do you think that's a good thing or a bad scene i, I think it's the right move it you know it allows the
1: players to come in with a clean slate and then pochettino as well obviously he wants to you know be able to figure out who's going to stick around and who's not you know from a player perspective it's probably frustrating and probably a little um creates a lot of doubt in your mind whether or not you're part of the new manager's plans but i think you know from a chelsea perspective it's it's the right move just allows him to come in instill all his tactics at the start of next season and you know work with the guys he feels like he needs to work with
0: it'll be interesting to see what base of you know actual physical players he he sees as his starting 11 because there's so many that, that options that he has so i'm excited to see what he does there kyle what do you think
2: um i got mixed emotions on this one i mean you, how many more managers are there for chelsea to try out at this point you know <laughs> So you're going to pick someone who's been on three teams in the last three years, I guess. So maybe it could be good. Maybe it couldn't. I, I still think it was a slap in the face. I mean, how are you going to expect greatness from a manager? Who's an interim manager? There's no motivation to stay, you know? So Are you, you're complaining about Frank Lampard? Yeah, no, I am no, complaining no, about no, Frank no, Lampard. I think goodness. it was, it was they destined for no failure. He, they set him well, yeah, up destined, for failure. As soon as yes, he accepted he the stinks. job, he failed. Listen, yeah, I correct. guarantee he's you, if they signed manager. him into an 18-month manager, you cannot get fired, they'd be on a warpath right now. No. He'd be motivated. No. It would be no. awesome. <laughs> but listen, if he's got to go, you know, they really threw him for the ringer there. I think Pochettino, if if you're not going to get someone like Jose Mourinho, like a, an unbelievable, fun manager, you might as well try him out. Other clubs have been trying. He's okay at PSG. He's shite for Spurs. But we'll see.
0: I think he's got a little bit better of a mentality. He's got definitely a better record and history than Potter did. He has a little bit more I think respect that way with the players. So he has worked with a lot of big names just looking at the PSG team he did. So I think this is a young Chelsea team especially now with all of the guys that they brought in. I think it's someone that they can actually look into and look up to a little bit more than Potter. And I think oh, yeah, no one for really, sure. other than you other than you Kyle. I don't think anyone really respected Frank. Lampard's managerial ability especially after what he got Everton in this season um so see but that's nice. what I'm going
2: at you know what I'm saying like if if everyone doesn't believe in you and you know your time there is limited what's the motivation to do well the fact that you're getting paid
0: very handsomely for the team that you were a player on probably would do it for me
2: (laughs) so what he's going to upgrade his like 200 foot yacht to a
0: 210 foot yacht now it'll be interesting I think
1: um the one big change you know going from both Tuchel and Potter style play to Pochettino is that he typically likes to play with four defenders um like in a 4-2-3-1 with the fullbacks really like pressing up high up the pitch um overall like very much likes to build from the back as well so it'll be kind of interesting to see you know there's probably what four or five like quality options that Chelsea have at center back. So it will be interesting to decide like who he, who he you know, puts there and then who he sees. I mean, Enzo Fernandez has to play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who, who's the midfielder that goes alongside him. And then, you know, obviously the four ahead, you know, striker, we expect them to, to make a move this summer, but there's still a lot of uncertainty. Um, but I think, you know, to your point that you just made James that he does have experience in a big job before where, you know, Potter was coming from Brighton, which, you know, no disrespect. We obviously, you know, Respect the, the team and the squad that they've built, but they're not, you know, a, a major market team or you know one of the you know the top, the most prestigious teams in the league by any means. So I think Pochettino's got experience in that type of position and you know is well suited to to take
0: on the job at Stanford Bridge. Yeah, agreed. We'll see how it turns out. But a great segue into that is a little bit more history from Pochettino. Um, he also was, you said this before, Sean, I didn't know that, but he also played and he was also, was he a player? He wasn't, wasn't a player manager. He actually coached the squad as well of Espanol.
1: Yes, that's correct. So at the end of his pro career was with Espanol. Um, and then he took over as manager, uh, I believe like two or three years after he retired. So speaking of them, they did lose, um, on home soil to Barcelona this weekend, securing, a. Barca's first title in 27 years or sorry, 27 title their first in four years. I said that one backwards. Yeah. Um, That's okay. But I would have been you, like, <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> the dry but, spell uh,
0: for sure for Barcelona, but definitely not that far. <laughs> yeah. They haven't been, they haven't fallen off that bad. Um, But yeah, the, obviously there was a pretty crazy
1: moment at the end. You want to talk about that one?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you will have seen it on Instagram or anything like that, but you will find a ton of videos over all over the place at Barcelona celebration in the center of the, what stadium was it? RCDE stadium, which if you look on Google maps is a 15 to 11 minute drive from camp now. So it's literally their city rivals, which is what Barcelona
2: camp now
0: camp now camp new. And uh, they're 15 minutes apart from each other. So that game, that victory, the four, two win, over their rivals, put Barcelona sealed the fate. And of course, there's going to be celebrations after you win your league title. So they decided to do what I would like to call a ring around the rosy of the center of the pitch. And they were all holding hands in a circle. And it, it couldn't have lasted more than five minutes because almost immediately the uh, home fans of Espanol stormed the pitch and chased Barcelona players into the tunnel out of the stadium good rooms, really.
2: good I'm so about this I mean how what are you thinking you're gonna celebrate in front of your rivals at the rivals home field and expect nothing to happen like
0: uh, no that, I that think they definitely expected to something man. to happen but I think I think you it was should, the right thing for them to do if I was an Arsenal player and it was and we won again let's say throw it back there at White Hart Lane definitely would have had some celebrations for me but we,
2: I don't know man if better, but that's, if Man City were to clinch by beating Liverpool at Liverpool, all I want to see them do is put their heads on and walk into the locker room. You do not, <laughs> you don't throw oil on that fire. You're just going to cause fucking fights. Yeah,
0: I mean they definitely, they definitely knew what they were getting into. There's of no course. way they, they, before the game they're like, oh, what are we going to do beforehand? I don't think just universally, unless you, you guys have probably seen more titles than i have when you win your titles do you go to the center of the pitch and you do a ring around the rosie on away it's tough because there's a away game it would be no. great if it was a home game because the place would be going nuts but what's the proper way to celebrate an away game i'm not i'm not walking back into that tunnel just just because i'm away or am i rival stadium i'm celebrating
2: no i think you go over to your loyals your faithful fans that made the trip and you take a bow in front of them as a team thank them for coming and then next home game you go crazy and you get the yeah. guard of honor you get what you need and you do it with class.
1: Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. I I reached out to
2: our La Liga <laughs> correspondent Juan
1: on this one. Um I kind of saw things similar to you Kyle. Uh but Juan said that you know, if you can't celebrate a game without being threatened of physical violence, you know, celebrating winning a league, like what what, what are we doing here? Which yeah, I do get to on. some extent too. There has been, you know, cases exactly what you were talking about in the past where Arsenal won the league at Tottenham, celebrated but not like not, not to the extent that Barcelona did, but nobody came out of the stands at White Hart Lane and punched an, an Arsenal player or chased an Arsenal player into the locker room. So, it, it, it's obviously a, a frustrating time at Espanyol because they are four points away from safety relegation. in La Liga. Yeah. So they might be. So that part of it too is it's a lot of disappointment. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, speaking of disappointment, why don't we hop into uh, well, the shambolic effort at the Emirates this weekend?
0: <laughs> Yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. I was I was excited because it was a Sunday game and our our bachelor party festivities ended or I at least I thought ended early Sunday morning. So when I woke up, I was expecting, OK, I'll get to the airport nice and early. I'll sit down at the bar. I'll have a beer. I'll watch the game. And my flight was a little bit too late in the afternoon to to do that by any means. And it was it was a quick little drive to the airport. So me and two of the guys who also had flights out of Key West, we went to a tiki bar where I was able to, to find the game, but I was only really able to focus on the first half of the game because the guys who I were with were complete degenerates and drank drink more than I did. So I, uh, I I lost odds there and had to start drinking, and the, the second half was not very well paid attention to. And uh, that was probably for the best. Because the first half that I watched, we looked very sharp. We looked very good. Uh, every time I was really zoned in, we had the possession in their half. We had our opportunities. I literally went to the second half or into halftime saying there's no way we don't put at least two or at least one away in the second half and secure a victory. And then just allowing a first goal in such sloppy style, which I know there's some controversy regarding if, you know, QR was fouled or not. It, it was, it was just pandemonium in the box after a set piece and, people get their legs crossed or stepped on and it was nothing that should have called the goal back. So I agree with the call on that. It was just sad to see that and say, so was just wide open in the middle there to put this little dinker of a header in. And once that happened, Brighton is all over us, like white on rice. It was incredible. So very disappointing to see that the stamp of our title race come to a conclusion, but happy that now I am able to, reflect on what was a very good season and still is a very good season for the Gunners. So I know you probably would have been dancing on our pitch, even if we weren't at our stadium, Kyle, because I know that's how you'd be celebrating kind of go Aguero style running with your shirt off into the corner. But
2: Most sorry. likely. Yeah.
0: You know, it hurts. It hurts. That was it was at home too. You know, we haven't had the greatest home record Out of the EPL right now, we are sitting in third place with home records tied with Man U. We've gotten we've dropped 12 points out of a total 54 points at home matches, which is ranked fourth. I'm sorry, ranked third, tied with Man U behind Man City, who's only dropped five points, and Liverpool, who's dropped 11 points, so one less. But if you could, you know, take a look at that map, I think home games are are where we need to prove a lot next year, which is typically not the known thing for a, you know, top two, top three team, like your home field is very solid. So that's, that's what I take away from that a little bit, but now we look to the summer and we look to strengthen our depth because that's the gap between man city and everyone. I'm not just saying Arsenal; I'm saying everyone in the league, that's what separates city from Liverpool who is hot, hot, hot right now. If they were, you know, as healthy as they were now, back then, we could be having a different story right now. You look at Manchester United, the depth is also isn't there. They're struggling very much with their two center backs being missing. And like you said, Kyle, last week, if that happened to Man U earlier in the season without this shorter stretch of games, they'd be in a a different position as well. So that's just the difference between, you know, how valuable depth is and the lack thereof. So I think we really need to hunker down and, and, and re-sign Saka, get that extension going. Saliba, who's been going through his back issues, has re-signed. And maybe even Udegaard get his extension now. Uh, they're all over in 2025. So, you know, we'll see who we decide to do and, and, and go from there. But I, there's not much I can complain about with this season other than we didn't win it, which is, you know, not something that I was going to be able to say beforehand.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. That was that was well said. A little transition here to the next point. James, Arson Wenger came up recently for me. He was talking about how he wants referees to be mic'd up for the entirety of the football game. Yeah. Because he was talking about how, you know, on paper, on the screen, they look like they're just controlling the game. But he's talking about how some refs are just nasty and will be very biased, to speaking, this, that, the other thing. And it's not seen. Mm-hmm. So he's calling for mic'd up refs. You think that's... That would be a good thing or a bad thing for the. Player. I don't think that's a
0: bad thing at all. I think it will set a bit more of a standard and expectation with referees throughout the EPL. I think there's some clear bias. bias. that's the right terminology for it. Bias, nope, biasness, def- biases, biases,
1: is that it? Biasism. I like it's a made-up word, up.
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely some rest with biased, uh, biased opinions. I'll throw it there. But a great transition, Kyle, because if you did not see already a post on Sky Sports, they did a social media post of a video of the actual VAR live action, essentially, what would have been live. They go through the, the, the side referee. And we always say, oh, the side ref for delaying their flag raises for what causes. And they just did a video, a good post on Instagram. I recommend everyone check it out of a Joe Linton um, goal that was originally chalked off for offsides during live play because the assistant referee running the sideline he sees Joe but he's not 100 Joe Linton he's not 100% sure he's literally speaking into the mic he's going I'm delaying I'm delaying I'm delaying the ball hits the back net he he puts his flag up it goes offsides so then it takes it straight to the VAR assistant a referee who then is going through the whole thought process. Oh, draw the line on this guy. Okay, no, not that guy, this guy. Now draw on the other guy. So I know this guy's not it. Now put it on Joe Linton. And they go through the whole entire process. And if we were able to see that, not necessarily live during the game, because I think that's a horrible idea, but after the game and, and, and see that, and then have those referees know that is that's going to be out there, it's going to be a bit more problematic referee-wise. But I think it will result in a much better, more open, transparent and hopefully improving the game of football in the EPL. So we'll see what they do that. But I I do know that the the chief of the PGMOL was on Sky Sports with Gary Neville discussing that. So I think I think it'd be a great thing. Um, I know you asked the question, Kyle, we'll get to you. I think, Sean, I know you have some strong opinions on this as well. Um, what do you think about just overall the the entirety of the VAR and the the refereeing process and and what we are exposed to and what's not being exposed to us?
1: Yeah I mean there's other leagues I think in uh, Ligue on in France where they have pretty much all communications live with the VAR booth there. Um, You can hear that conversation live during the game so Even like you said, if there's a way for it to be released after the game, that's fine. As long as there's accountability and explanations for, you know, how they're reaching their decisions, I think there'll be less complaints from a football fan's perspective if you understand why they made X call. Uh, Because, you know, there's ones that make you scratch your head because of lack of consistency. It's like, well, maybe hearing that dialogue will, like you said, kind of promote accountability and um, some more understanding on the fan side of things as well as, you know, how they reach those calls.
0: Yeah, Kyle, do you think that that having those audio live or like replayed out loud, do you think that would help also referees keep consistency? I don't know if they see that footage after those games too and different referees have different opinions regarding handball, what part of the body, all that stuff, but if if you have everything live afterwards and you're hearing your uh colleagues going through the same process and you're like, "Oh, he thinks this and I think that." What do you
2: what do you think of that, Kyle? Um, I I guess I'm about it. Honestly, you know, it'd be cool to see exactly what is said between the players and the refs when you can see them yelling at each other, whether they're actually cursing, whether the yellow cards when they're very visibly violently yelling toward the ref, you know, maybe there is some unwritten like, hey, I'm just yelling. Great call. I think you look great today, you know, but you do it angrily and you get a yellow and the ref might just see a screaming player and give him a yellow. But now you know you can go back after the game look at the mic'd up recording of it and be like wow he was just complimenting <laughs> my dress tonight <laughs> so like we can, we can take that yellow away so i think it, it would hold people more accountable of course which would be good um the other point i wanted to say talking about the offsides flags being thrown up late you know like they're gonna let play go i hate that <laughs> shit. i think it is absolutely disgusting some of the biggest challenges in all of football come in in one on ones, in a one v one, one v two. Even like, you know, you're going one on one against the goalie on most of those opportunities. Those guys get hurt very often in those situations. You should be watching out for the players. They are the ones at risk in that situation. And you know, if you are clearly offsides, you let the play go. You you try to dribble around the goalie. You get clipped. You break your ankle. You're out for four months. Why was that flag not yeah, up? I, That's absurd. To I, me. I agree with you, and I get
0: frustrated like, with that sometimes too. But I think it really depends on how tight something is. If they're, if if we're sitting at home and we can see that he's offsides, yeah, I I think it's safe for you to raise your flag.
2: Oh you. sure, but like there there have been so many instances, or even from my couch, I'm like, dog, I play FIFA. That's offsides by a mile. <laughs> And that flag stays down, and I watch the play, and then it goes up, and I'm like, "Oh no, shit, Sherlock! Yeah. Like, well done." Yeah, they so, are introducing I FIFA. Into I'm so the, against that.
0: The requirements of uh, being able to be an assistant referee, you must also sit on your couch and play FIFA Dog in order to be a assistant yep. referee. Well, that's good. That's
2: that's. Speaking of
1: uh, teams that you play with on FIFA, how about Man City and Real Madrid? If you play with them on FIFA, you're kind of a loser, my opinion. Yeah, but, I would uh, agree. Uh, throwing it over to to our. loser as long if we're talking about betting kyle what what are your thoughts on a 1-1 draw at the burner bell last tuesday
2: i mean listen playing with man city or real madrid has its time in fifa it's when the game is downloading and you can only play with five star teams (laughs) (laughs) we we all know that's the time but um i was a little upset about that game i was scared of a 1v1 draw they've done that every single round now of the knockout stages in the away leg they tied leipzig 1-1 they tied Bayern munich 1-1 now they've tied real madrid 1-1 away that being said, fellas, there is an even split on FanDuel, whatever, on foot Mob. Everyone's thinking that this game is going to be even. This game is not going to be even. Talk about the second leg of those knockout challenges earlier on. They beat Leipzig 7-0 at home, and they beat Bayern Munich 3-0 at home. They don't lose at home in the Champions League. Not this year, motherfuckers. Say <laughs> so, it with your chest out, Kyle. Say it with I, your chest out. Oh, God, it's being puffed. You don't even know. But um, <laughs> listen— I have a lot of hope for this game. They're at home. This is we've seen this before. I mean, we saw this last year. It went terribly, but we're gonna we're gonna go up there with our chins up. I do think we can win this game. I'm going to guess a two nothing victory. Just going based off of Man City has not let up a goal at home yet in the knockout stages, and if they can hold Bayern Munich, in my opinion, they are capable of holding Real Madrid. I do think Madrid is a little bit better this season than Definitely. Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. I think they're attacks better, but. You know, holding holding Bayern Munich speaks volumes. That's tough. So I, I could see two nothing. I could maybe see th- two to one, but it's like when Man City played Arsenal at home, the only way they lose this game, in my opinion, is if the other team can outscore mm-hmm. them and they are going to score a yeah. lot. You know, it's not a, you score a goal, you play defense. No, absolutely not. You gotta score. So I have high hopes for it. Guys, my lock of the week has been absolutely piss poor. So I'm gonna lock in a one, one <laughs> draw and hope I'm wrong. <laughs> You're so, fading
0: yourself on this we'll one. We'll
2: see. It is what it is. I, I agree with you. No, but we'll win it. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on on that. We're gonna win it in PKs if we. Talk. Okay.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I'm on the same boat as you. I think Man City at home is a different animal. I do. I think very highly of Real Madrid, um, mainly because of Vinny Junior and Benzema being their main. You know forces up there but you even have uh, rodrigo who's who's destroying as well a lot of a lot of poor defenders are just at the mercy of real madrid but I, I felt like there was a lot left to be desired in this first leg from them And i think we haven't seen the true man city versus real madrid so i don't know what's going to happen this game i think this one's gonna be a bunch of firecrackers
1: yeah I'm personally, uh, I just don't, I think it's bad business to bet against Real Madrid in the Champions League. I think City is the better team. I think they have the better coach. I just, something about Real Madrid in the Champions League, man, there's just nothing, you, you can't count them out. Um, obviously, I think Man City will take the 1-1 draw and go home with, you know, confidence. But um, the two guys that really stood out to me in the first leg, obviously Vinny Jr., like you mentioned, scored a beautiful goal. But Eduardo Camavinga at left back, just really that whole left-hand side of, of, I think it's Modric in left side of midfield, and then Camavinga at left back, and and Vinny Jr. at left wing was was really good in that game and dangerous for uh, for Real throughout. So that's that's where I'd be highlighting in the next match as well.
0: Is Camavinga is he all right? I think he was injured or this week in in a Real Madrid matchup. Um, oh. I'm checking now. I could be completely
2: wrong, but I do remember seeing something. Oh coming. no. <laughs> Yeah, he did come off. He did come off the season, right? You know, to um to James's point earlier, he was talking about how like the game was a little slow, not what he expected. I do think both coaches were very wearing it on their shirt that this is a hundred and many hundred eighty minute game that they're playing against each other right now, so there's no reason to treat it like anything else. Which is another reason I'm a little excited because Manchester City this season has proven that they're a second half team. Every time they come out of that locker room, they are fire. So they're treating this like a hundred eighty minute game second half is coming and it's at home so i'm i'm i got man i'm gonna lose a lot of money if they lose this. i mean you have you have everyone
0: firing on all
2: cylinders <sighs> too right like you know, guguan
0: is is destroying Ooh! everybody now guguan i i can never oh, wait, wait, wait wait back MK. up no no yo googly woogly what, what is moogly, this moogly what was that one from that's a classic what is that that's monsters no. inc, <laughs> inc. yeah that's the isn't that the giant ass yep. like uh like three horned yellow cow with the red dots. All right, you know this what I'm talking I'm about. I'm not gonna wrap. lie to
2: you. I watched I watched Monsters Inc. last night with my mother on Mother's Day. It's a hundred thousand percent from Monsters. Blair, yeah, yeah.
1: All, all
2: right, like, who was I saying, Sean? Who was I saying? Uh,
1: Ilka
0: Gundogan. 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 Yeah, Inke. Okay. Yeah, he was. He's killing it right now. He's absolutely. Destroying yeah. it. And I don't even think you guys started Kevin De Bruyne last game, right? So I mean you have you have everyone coming into form. I don't I think, think so, no. What in the in the league? Yeah, in the league.
2: Yeah, the against yeah. Everton. I don't, I don't think, think we started. started. By the way, if you guys haven't checked out the Man City Real Madrid highlights, it's worth it just to see the two goals, both well, of Kevin them De were an goals. A piss mess. Very, very good goal. It was, yeah. It was disgusting. Yeah, they were, they were lined up. Yeah. yeah but even Vinny's across goal, that was Yeah, but the goal of the week
1: great. still Gunduan. one like you said. That one against Everton was unreal. where he took it off the well, he had two, right? But at the first Yeah, one, he had both of them. Yeah, yeah. The
2: second one was a yeah. free kick. Those are those good. Yeah, are no, that was good. sick.
0: So it'll be interesting for sure. That's a spicy one. That's Wednesday this week. Yeah, that's Wednesday this week. And leading into another killer goal that happened last week, the Champs League, and also is on Tuesday this week. It was the goal, the first goal in the match for Inter versus AC Milan. So this was technically uh, Inter's, I think this was Inter's away game, right? It was AC Milan was technically home. Does it really fucking matter? No, maybe statistically, but it doesn't because it's is the same stadium. So Inter won that game 2-0. And what I saw was a complete dominating performance from Inter. Uh, AC Milan maybe had one or two opportunities, but Inter for every opportunity that AC had, Inter had three. So they played really well. They won 2-0 goals, two quick first half goals from in uh, I believe it's Zenko, uh, right? You know Jesus Jekko. Christ, James. Pick it I'm up. I'm terrible at this shit. You know, I <laughs> should have been born an international so I could have had a little bit better of uh, the pronunciations for it, but it is what it is. And then Mikitarian. Nailed that one, which I just and you played, get that
1: yeah, one
2: right.
0: For
1: Arsenal. That's the only reason, James. Otherwise, he would
0: call him something else, like Mickey
1: Mouse or something. Unreal,
2: unreal. Now, looking at that
0: phonetically, I don't know how I would have attacked that one by any means. Yeah. Now that's the mitochondria, powerhouse yeah, of the powerhouse of the cell.
2: Of the cell.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a dominant perfor- performance from Inter. And um, I'm excited because if my Serie A team is is Inter Milan, the one that I prefer to to root for because of Diego Melito as well as um, toe when he when he had his stint over there. So I'm a fan of Inter. So I I'm gonna say uh, Forza uh, for them and and go from that go from there. But that should be another interesting game. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about the game, unless you guys have a highlight or a matchup to. I would say look look forward to maybe a possible goal from Olivia Giroux. I don't think he goes quietly during this matchup, but that's that's all I really have in that respect that, from that perspective. So with that, yeah, with that, the, mm-hmm. the sacrificial
1: lamb for whoever gets beat up by Real or City in yeah, the final.
0: I I I wanted to say it, but I didn't want to say it. I think. I think fucking the game for Man City versus Real Madrid, we're looking at the Champions League final. I think that's really what it is.
2: Yeah, but does Zlatan play? That's the no, question. he's
0: Not eligible to play in the Champions League. They don't. Oh, they, they got
2: no them. chance. If we were ever to see an actual <laughs> player, <laughs> coach, no, manager, player no at the chance. same time, it would
0: be Zlatan. He's the boy. It is what it is. But I know, uh, I know, Kyle. We have to bid you adieu. You're still doing your uh, Mother Day celebrations with uh, Mama times too, your your grandmother uh so please enjoy yes that. we are tell uh, tell your family we all say at the epl state of mind family we all say happy mother's day and then uh we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, I'm, gonna go, we'll, we'll, I'm
2: gonna go whoop <laughs> whoop her ass in some darts there we go let me tell you
0: there we go she stands no all chance right, i believe her i believe it and then we'll we'll pop in sean and i will take care of the rest from here we'll do a quick highlight of the week's weekend's games and a quick look ahead and we'll go from there all right so kyle
2: all right. Well, thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure. In your face, Arsenal. Talk to you guys later.
0: <laughs> thank you, Kyle. Bye-bye. All right. Well, with the Hot King hero retired for the evening, I think we can pop right into the the Fulham versus Southampton game. This was a two-win. For Fulham home. So some good news from Fulham. They had the return star of Mitrovic. But some really, 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 really piss poor news for Southampton. This L has now officially made them the first team to be relegated. So they are making their way back down to the championship for next season. An unfortunate ending an 11-year run in the EPL for Southampton. But after a year performance like this, I think we all saw it coming. Uh, For me, I'm not... Not a fan of this because, as I noted, I think two episodes ago, Arsenal has never done a double over them since their time here in the EPL um, over the past 11 years they've been here, since I think it was like 2003 or 2002-2003 season that came back up. And Three years happy- ago was not 2002. I'm sorry. 2000, 2000- <laughs> 2000- <laughs> 2011, 2011- 2012 yeah. season. Yep. Thank you, Sean. Um, I got you. I'm much better at math and pronunciations. And that was just that was a bad one there. But bring in a bring in a different team. We can do a double over. Maybe we'll get another at least two points for next season from that. So unfortunate news from there. But with this relegation typically comes a fire sale or teams in the middle towards the top. Look to just poach on players. Right. So I've listed a couple names here, Sean that i see as players to look forward to maybe popping onto a different roster this year and i listed james Ward-Prowse, who we know is a free kick free set piece master unfortunately i don't know if we'll see him break david david beckham's record this season but he'll certainly do it next season um so we'll see what can come along him his contract does expire in 2026 he's currently at a market value of around 36 million to 45 million dollars in my eyes um he's not the greatest, I don't know where you would put him on top of central midfielders in the league, but he's definitely one to keep your eye on. Um, Theo Wel- Walcott, who is an ex-Arsenal player, he's up there in age. He's at 34 years old, but he can actually leave on a free transfer. So I definitely expect him, unless he decides to retire, I definitely expect him to make someone's second team roster very easily, especially on a free transfer I could see someone along the lines of maybe Brentford picking him up as a backup or someone right in the middle of, of the league like that looking for some more experience. And then my last one here is Kyle Walker Peters, who I think is one of the best right backs in the leagues. I do enjoy watching him play very much. So I don't think he's incredible, but I definitely think he is a steal and then he's his contract expires in 2025, but obviously with relegation, we're looking at a a market value of 27 to $30 million from him. So I don't know if you have any other names or any any agreements with those guys. Yeah. I think uh, Ward word especially
1: will be, you know, he's at the quality of, of a mid mid table or even bottom half of the table team. He can come in and start right away. Like you said, great onset pieces, good ball distribution. Um, You know, works hard obviously as leadership as the captain of Southampton Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy I would like to mention would be Romeo Lavia, who's a holding midfielder. He's 19. Um, they signed him from Man City last summer, but he's a really exciting player. And I think that, um, you know, he, he could do wonders, you know, at a, at a better team with, with more structure and, and better players around him. I think he's got a, a bright future ahead of him. Um, so th- those would be, that'd be the guy that I would be looking at. Um, I think he gets picked up somewhere along the way, but Um, You know, moving on from a team that looks like they're going to stay up, potentially, uh, is your boys Nottingham Forest with a 2-2 draw at Stanford Bridge this weekend. Any takeaways you had on that one? Dueling braces.
0: Yeah, dueling braces, great highlight there. So right off the bat, I I will say that when I was watching the game, I did think Chelsea were going to go away with it. I thought once they started to build a little momentum, having the first goal and then taking the lead again with the second goal, I really thought that they were going to start to run away with the game uh but obviously forest has a lot to fight for which is always a difficult uh team to play against when you have something really hard to fight for chelsea's done they have nothing to lose they have nothing to gain forest had everything to to lose and everything to gain so they really put in a lot of hard work to come back and really crawl back into that game to tie it to two the dueling braces you did see from one of the players i highlight as one of my least favorite and biggest uh l's or least impressive this year was the the new signing for Chelsea of Raheem Sterling from Man City. Uh, he had his brace, and he actually looked like how I expected him to play throughout the year. I know it, it, everyone's defense for him is that he was injured for a majority of it, but if you look at the games that he was healthy, he was nowhere near this caliber of a performance, and this is where he really should be every week. Not necessarily scoring braces every week, but playing the game that he did that gave him the opportunities to score the braces or create in that sense. So really good performance from him. And then the last one, the, the dueling braces, uh, also came from a uh, Taiwo Awoni, right? Awani. Yeah, Awoni. Yeah, that, that was the that's yeah. the best pronunciation of the episode. Uh, Thank you. I, I looked straight at you. I was like, God, he's going to cringe <laughs> on that one. I don't know. But yeah, a really, a really good game. I think he might have had a, game, a goal last game as well. I think he's been playing relatively well um, for, for Forrest. One thing I will say, though, is is Forrest is bringing back that long throw into the box. I've yep. seen the, a couple of their past games, they're they're just overloading the box, throwing that ball in there, and just having a couple people stand right outside, wait for that rebound. That's how they nearly scored two times against you guys about three weeks ago, and that's how they scored their second goal in this game. So uh, is it a great strategy? Uh, maybe. I don't think so. It's it's a little bit high schoolish ish um, in my opinion, but it's working. So I, I love I love that form. Love them bringing back the long throw into the box.
1: Yeah, so for sure it was uh, huge.
0: Yep. And then uh, the last highlight we have for them is is thirty four points sees them three points out of the relegation zone right now over Leeds and Leicester. And if they are to secure one more win for Forest, it guarantees them safety. So they have two difficult games coming up. Uh, I believe it's next one is against Arsenal, uh, home for them, and then the following one is against crystal palace um both going to be two difficult games to get uh, three points from but three points would secure their safety so if they're able to get two ties that also works for them but they need at least something immediately but they're looking in a lot better position than they were a few weeks ago definitely not in the best position from my future prediction on them finishing top 10 but uh (laughs) that was just that was just piss poor uh planning by me
1: Speaking of teams that have really come on in the last couple of weeks, how about Aston Villa taking a two, one victory over Tottenham at Villa park this weekend uh, officially ends Tottenham's chances of finishing in the top four, uh, but Villa <laughs> but Villa uh, does keep their, their hopes of finishing in Europe alive. Uh, they currently sit in seventh place, I believe, um, excuse me, eighth place, but they're, they're level on points with Tottenham just only behind two on goal difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know there is still an opportunity for them there, but they do have to go to Anfield this weekend, and that'll be a tough game. Um, but they are competing with Tottenham for that last um, Europa Conference League spot. I would say at this point, it seems likely that Liverpool and Brighton finish five and six, um, but there is obviously still a possibility for both those teams to finish top four. Um, but I don't see them falling below uh, the positions that they're in currently. Uh, especially with the form liverpool's in but yeah that i we we can talk about it in a little bit but i would say that's my one of my games to highlight this weekend is villa versus liverpool uh jacob ramsey 21 years old he get his 10th goal contribution of the season from midfield really really exciting young player i think uh, he's got a promising future and they build the team around him he could be the you know the main man in a couple of years um and then uh the other the other note that you have here is that it's the eighth loss away from home for spurs uh, with compared to only five wins. And then you look at teams like Arsenal and Newcastle have 12 and eight respectively. Um And, and Chelsea uh, has, has the same number of losses. So they've really struggled away from home. Um They haven't been great at home either. It's just been an overall
0: disappointing season for Spurs, but
1: mm-hmm. you know, do you have any
0: other takeaways from this game? Nah, that's about it. I know Spurs won only lost six away from home last season, and that was out of the 38 games. So they still have one more to go, but it's definitely, um, it's going to be a struggle to see where they are next year, especially without their coaching situation being figured yet, uh, which, you know, at this point that it's getting worse and worse with more coaches being taken off the board and off the board. We had five guys during our, 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 our call with uh, our special with Aviv. So uh, Avi, I'm sorry. I, I was talking to another Aviv over the weekend, but Avi was on and, and we gave him five options between Thomas Frank, uh, Pochettino, who's now taken off the board, Brendan Rogers, who I don't, think they've had any conversations with vincent company extended his contract with burnley till 2028 and then julian nagelsman has been totally written off has written off spurs and no communication there so that's three of our our main ones gone so the 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 clock is ticking and and i i don't see anything getting better for them at the moment especially heading into the, the summer transfer window as well as you know figuring out where the coach is something that is trending in the proper or someone or some team that is trending in the proper direction at the right time to secure possibly a better position for higher champion for a higher European spot is Liverpool man. They they kicked the shit out of Leicester City today with some with, with a hat trick of assists from your boy Salah, Trent Alexander Arnold doing what he does best. And it's just you guys are the fir- the only team with five wins of the past five games other than Man City. So this is where you kind of probably envision Liverpool living towards the end of the season in the run. And I think the injuries definitely did you guys pretty well during during the season but it was just wasn't working but this game today clearly worked so what What do you have from today's action
1: yeah I think it's just a continuation of what we've seen over the previous six games since kind of Trent's been moved into that inverted fullback role um, almost more like a midfielder where he sits as a, as, a, as a six alongside Fabinho and he's pinging passes all over the place I think it allows him to influence games and gets the absolute best out of him um, and you know considering the fact that Tiago's you know Came back for a little bit is out. Henderson's not the same level he was before. They really do need someone who can control the game from midfield with their passing. And and Trent's, you know, as good as it gets, um, you know, since August 9th, which is that game against Arsenal. He leads the Premier League in assists, chances created, um, uh passes into the opposition's third. So he's been phenomenal. Um, his defense almost almost seems like he's getting, you know, better defensively too. Harvey Barnes is not not an easy guy to defend against and he mm-hmm. and he managed him pretty well after the first probably 15 minutes. Leicester looked good early, but um, Liverpool, Liverpool kind of asserted themselves, as you mentioned, Mo Salah, man. I mean, he's completely turned it on. And, and like you said, this is more of what we expected from Liverpool, what we've come to expect from Liverpool over the last few seasons. Um, and Mo Salah, you know, in, in particular, um, just one goal away from having the, his third 20 goal, 10 plus assist season in the Premier League. He'd be the first player to ever do that. Only him and Thierry Henry have multiple 20 goal, 10 assist seasons. the first place so um obviously pretty elite company but yeah just sitting outside of the uh the top four now by one point but uh obviously both city or excuse me united and newcastle have games in hand um so we'll see see how that ends up but i'm very proud of the you know the way that the team has performed and uh just one last note curtis jones really um been excellent also he's been inserted into the lineup over the same time basically that liverpool's you know turned it around he had two goals today, so the Scousers were uh, were running riot in Leicester today.
0: Yeah, very, a lot of the exciting things coming from the Liverpool's lineup now, and uh, looking forward to seeing who they bring in. Like you said, for that central holding midfielder position, I think that's a position that you and I both teams are going to be going after in the in the summer. So it will it will be either really fun battling with you or extremely disappointing for the most part. Um, so we'll really see. Hopefully with, with Champions League 100% in the bag, Arsenal has a bit of an upper, up and, up, upper hand there. Uh, but only, only time will tell. I know you definitely don't want Declan Rice, at least at the price tag that he's going for right now. And it seems like Arsenal might be falling into that trap. Uh, I'll make sure to write a couple uh, notes to their accounting team and, and financials and, and make sure they're doing it properly. But uh, <laughs> the only thing I would say, like, and, and I think we didn't, we didn't really touch on it as much,
1: you know, because I understand you're not trying to talk about it too in depth because it's still, it's still painful right now, but I think it's pretty clear that Arsenal just needs more reinforcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jorginho, not his best game this weekend, you know, the allegedly world-class Jorginho, I would say, obviously <laughs> at center back, you can't rely on Rob Holding to slide in. They need to upgrade at center back, probably left back too. I think you mentioned Tierney's yeah. likely to leave, um, mm-hmm. and then in the in the midfield, probably someone that can spell for Partey, and then also you know upgrade on Jaka. Yeah. Um, even though he's had a great season, I think for Arsenal really to take that next step and to be you know consistently competing for obviously both you know the Premier League, but also you know they'll be in Champions League next year and they'll have tougher games that will require more squad depth. I think. Up front, probably maybe one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they have that guy. Uh, is it Marquinhos or something like that? The young, young Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. He's on loan he, right now. He he's out on loan, but I think he could maybe slide into that role that ne- Reese Nelson plays. Um, but maybe if they could just get one one other experienced guy, I think the attack in general though is pretty strong. It's more so just. Evening up the, you know, the depth in the midfield and and center back would be huge for, for them
0: taking that next step and being, you know, legitimate top five team in the world. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I see. I couldn't agree more. And I know we'll get more into specifics during, uh, it will either be next week's or the week's following podcast during our report card uh, segment where we'll, we'll go over each team where we rate them and, and what could improve on them. And we'll kind of harp on ours a little bit more, but I know Grant Shaka is, is heading into his contract is up, not next year, but the following. So this is the last year we could really foresee getting any money from him. And he's been, you know, bleeding gunner red through and through, but I think it might be time. Exactly. Like you said, start to rotate someone in there. We could use him as a good backup, but we can't rely on him. Uh, he had a great season statistically for club and country, the best season he, he has had with contributions and everything like that. So big up to one of my favorite players of all time is granite. Um, but I think you nailed it on the, on the on the head. I know we've been linked with uh, Cancelo from Bayern Munich now for a, mm. for a possible left-back position, which would be interesting. I got into a bit of a debate with a couple of Instagrammers <laughs> over the weekend regarding where he would go, and I said I don't really see him starting over Zinchenko right now uh, because Zinchenko plays a little bit more of a in- introverted introverted uh, left-back, and I know Cancelo can, can perform in a manner like that, but Zinchenko has led to so many goal contributions and so many passing plays that it's hard to, for me, it's hard to see him come out of the roster. I don't; He's not going to start over Ben White because that just would be wrong on all occasions to, to throw him in over um, someone who's tried and chew in Arsenal's lineup. But I think that's, a, that's definitely a possibility of popping left back and maybe even see Zinny take the role of where, where Granite is right now. And then we can go from there. But very excited to see what the team can do over the summer. And, and kind of, kind of move along from there. But uh, yes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Speaking of a team that, uh, you know, we'll be excited to see what they do this summer, depending, and a lot of it depends on what goes on um, over the next couple of days, but Brighton at Newcastle at St. James's park, two teams competing for European places. Uh, Brighton still has an outside chance. They would need to win this game and then also help uh, from United and uh, Liverpool, uh, but they do have a chance to finish in the top four if they win this game at St James's Park. The first time these teams played back in August, it was a nil-nil draw. But you know that's ancient history. Right now, you know, concerning the fact that the manager changed at Brighton, Deserby's really come in and and brought in some new players like Enciso, Matoma, and uh, and Evan Ferguson, who were kind of mm-hmm. on the periphery of the squad at Brighton at the beginning of the year, and now are almost crucial players. Um so it'll be interesting to see kind of where this one goes this obviously has major implications for for Europe. Huge.
0: Um, Huge for both teams. Yeah they they don't have uh they don't have an easy roster coming up Brighton but or match spread coming up. They still have to play like you said this upcoming weekend which is our our head one on the look ahead is against Newcastle. Southampton is good as a win for them that's home. Then they face Man City home which is going to be a very tough feat and then even Aston Villa. That probably we're talking. I'm sorry, Aston Villa is a club friendly in the summertime. So, yeah, it's just ending on Man City, which is, which is tough. So, I would like to see the birds. I think I heard it. I heard someone say it, an announcer say it. I think during the Arsenal Brighton game, is, as Brighton has, I think it was during the lineups, he was saying it, that Brighton has kind of become everyone's second Premier League team just because of how much fun they have been able to watch and what they've been able to produce with who they've been able to, you know, get from there. Um, Slim shady recruitment in South America, so it, it's it's important to to always appreciate teams like that. Like I feel like we all had appreciation for Brentford for for a while with what they were doing. Crystal Palace last season was I would say almost like how we refer to Brighton right now. So it's exciting. You know, you always want to see teams in the mid of the t- mid to lower end of the table come up and exceed very well because it really does prove and help the English Premier League all in all, attract the best players to keep going for this. So this is something that I think we can look forward to as well. And then the last one that we have for the look ahead, which also has uh, European uh, implications, is Liverpool versus Aston Villa, home for Liverpool at Anfield. So this one is a very similar situation to Brighton. You guys win, and this is a very strong possibility for you guys to overtake. You're only one point behind right uh, man, you and Newcastle. So at this point, it's just you need some help from Brighton and some others. And if you can carry on in your true form right now, you, you could be in the Champions League again for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. When you know we talked about this months ago, it didn't look like it was possible, but um, it's still there. But like you said, they just they have to win this game. Two teams in, in great form right now. Um, Obviously, the guy to look look at for for Liverpool would be two players: Be Salah and and Trent, who we talked about earlier. They've been great, um in in the last five five ten games, and then also uh, Ali Watkins for Villa has been phenomenal. You know, all season really. So, those are the guys I'd be looking forward to. Um, and just because you brought it up, I just wanted to again give a shout out to my boy a Barry Eze, who had two this weekend. Yep. Um, we talked about him multiple times in the last couple of weeks. He's basically the new Matoma in the sense that he's the uh outside you know technically gifted winger uh who's really burst onto the scene and and, and dominated a, a mid-table team um you know and dragged them kind of up the table although uh palace
0: still looks like they're going to finish 12th which is just hilarious i think that's what we said they, we, we said they're guaranteed to finish 12th you better bet your house on that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's like the the one there's two consistents in the Premier league or three let's three We'll say Man City, um, always among the top of the table and pretty much winning the league. Uh, yeah. Crystal Palace finishing twelfth, and then uh, Tottenham disappointing. Those those three <laughs> things are almost you can just write them in. Whatever the expectations for Tottenham are before the season, they'll find a way to let their fans down. So just by those are the ones I would,
0: that much, right? Oh.
1: Those are the ones I'd be looking forward to. And and I'm gonna keep uh, my lock of the week the same this week, um, as as the last time I picked it. I think Liverpool at Anfield. It's hard to argue with that one. Um, Absolutely. As even though Villa's played really well this year, Liverpool really needs the win. um And and uh, you know, like I said, they've turned it up big time lately. So I know Kyle's lock of the week was a draw after ninety minutes uh, in the Champions League this week between City and Real Madrid. But my pick is uh, is going to be for Liverpool to to beat Aston
0: Villa at home. It's looking good. You guys are minus two hundred. You're the fa- obviously you guys would be the favorites, but you're minus two hundred, which still is you know pretty decent. Odds is not something that, it, you know, I would not put some money on. So that's that's good for you guys. And um, I'm trying to look, because the foot mob, I've been looking at that a little bit more when I'm looking at, you know, what the fans are expected uh, out of the game. Like we, we talked about before, the Man City-Real Madrid game, out of 96,000 people who have voted on the app so far. So you get to vote on who you think is going to win the game. Out of four, 96,000, that game was legitimately split. 46% Real Madrid, 40%. 6% Man City, and obviously with math, 8% left over for a draw at end of regulation. So for you guys against, um, who do you, you just said it, you, you're playing, I'm looking for Villa. Aston Villa. So I'm going to put Liverpool to win. And right now there's about 10,000 people who have voted. It's five days away, and 70% are already saying Liverpool are going to win. So I think that's a very safe lock of the week. And you have been a lock of the season so far. You're four for one. Kyle is the inverse of you. He's one for four, so definitely fade everything Kyle says, and then I'm fucking <laughs> smacked out in the middle with three for three. And uh, unfortunately, my my pick last week was Newcastle, and Leeds did uh, did wonders to kind of pull out a tie out of that one. So kudos to you, Leeds. Um, bummer that I was not able to kind of get a little bit closer to you, Sean, but I think yours is a safe lock. Yeah. And with that being said, that concludes our week or – episode number 16 um i'm calling it excited for next year is my <laughs> title of it i'm sure we'll we'll come up with a better one to to post but very excited for next second year second youngest and, and team
1: in the league just a remind just a reminder second youngest team in the league that's the title well, well are we going
0: are we going to count that now cuz southampton's relegated so are they even in the league anymore but you're right we'll, you well, well it depends we'll, on who
1: comes up i don't know what they're going
0: to do but the, probably yeah. also a young squad yeah could well, be we'll see so for we'll sure see, uh, and as always everybody thank you for your listen thank you for your comments throughout the week and feedback uh sean myself and kyle always appreciate it you know it's always fun talking to people said so they listen to the cast they like what we said listen to it have feedback on it and you know it's a fun hobby for us but hopefully we get you involved a little bit more and hopefully we bring you a little bit more knowledge for the epl to to grow the sport here so we do appreciate everything you guys do and all the listen. so keep it coming and we'll show our love and affection as always. So enjoy <laughs> the remainder of your week, everybody, Sean, Kyle, and James at the EPL, same mind signing off. Yeah.
1: And, uh, keep an eye out next week. We're doing a report cards and team of the season. So we'll be posting polls throughout the week, getting your guys thoughts, you know, how you rank all the teams in the league. And then, uh, also from there, just based on, uh, you know, who, who, the top 11 players in the league are. So we'll, we'll, uh, look forward to that as well, but just keep an eye out, uh, for next, next Monday.